0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined now by Hoop Scoop, better known as Kevin McPherson, courtesy of hogville.net. All right, Kevin, let's get a first-hand blow-by-blow. What did you learn yesterday? Well,
1: the first blow was seeing Nick Smith Jr. doing side work, running and jogging Alongside uh, Ronnie Burr, I mean, I like Ronnie and everything, but you don't want to see the walking wounded. Well, I guess he's, you know, nothing with his feet and knees, and and uh, you know, even it's his non-shooting hand, but that index finger, uh, they initially thought there might be a ligament problem. It turns out it's what Musselman described. He's been told as a deep bone bruise, which can be very nagging or swelling with that. Um, it, this is not, you know, these games don't matter in terms of wins and losses. They matter in terms of you know, getting this opportunity uh, to have extra games and um So you know, does Arkansas, I guess Nick goes back to the doctor on Friday. They leave Saturday. First game is Tuesday. And my understanding is obviously the, the, the next doctor visit probably weighs in, but does he remain day to day. He's obviously going to travel with the teams' going to be doing more than playing basketball. He's going to be part of that experience. And is this a situation where they're clearing for all four games? Do they shut it down? Do they give him more rest to see, you know, give it more time and maybe he plays some of the games? I mean, these are all possibilities. And I run through all of that. It may, it may seem obvious that there's more than one thing that could play out here. Uh, but you asked me, you know, the blow by blow. I think that's the first thing we saw, hmm. uh, you know, and everything after that. They, there wasn't five on five. And that's, you know, there's a lot that goes into most men' practice. He talks a lot, especially this time of year. They don't do a lot of live. That's nothing new this year, meaning full contact, five-on-five. Five. There's a lot of drill work. You can still get a lot of stuff from that, and I did. Uh, but at the same time, previous week we did get to see some of that five-on-five, five, so I felt spoiled. I had some ideas about some stuff I was going to pay closer attention to this time. And when I got up there, I realized, you know what? They may not do this the the, the scrimmaging. You know, it, it may end up just being mostly drill work, and that's exactly how it played out. But in, you know, we got an hour window. We got to record, take photos, video the first twenty minutes, and after that, just just watch. Um, and you know, you know, there's a lot of shooting drills. I, 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 you know, no defenders in these drills, so you take it with a grain of salt. But you also see front line backcourt players having success shooting three even just in drills so you don't know what it's fully to take away from that but when i combine it with what i saw last week and some of the five on five i do feel like this team is going to improve on last year where they were in the 300s and one of the worst three point shooting teams so that's not an aha moment it's going to be hard to be as bad or worse but seeing it and seeing some of the some of the front court players stepping out and knocking down shots uh, that's encouraging because you know Muslim has shifted a bit going from a, a mostly small ball lineup to having more options and I think uh, the other thing that stood out watching defensive drills Randy to, to help answer the question you asked me one of the things that, that I thought stood out uh, was the communication and the timing in the defensive drills one of them was a perimeter passing drill and it wasn't there were no skip passes it was literally from wing to top of the key to the next. Side of the offense and back, and you know what you were looking for was the timing of defenders closing where the ball moved, getting their hands high in the face and, and vision of the of the, the ball handler. And then when they would reverse it, there would be a screen action. And I really thought that the, the players were consistent in how they defended those screens. The, the, the defender on the ball uh, making his adjustments to the screener the defender guarding the screener, getting underneath those screens so that they don't switch, save with their main, And then you had a help come at the top of the key. Uh, and so all that has to be timed with precision under Melsman. We know that's been the identity of this team under him, his program. It's a different team, different players for the most part. But in his program, that's been their identity. It starts on the defensive end. And when they've solved those connectivity problems, uh, when they hit snags in the last two years, I felt like their teams took off and other things kind of fell into place at both ends. But but it really started on defense. And to see those drills, I'm already impressed. It just page just turned to August. I'm already impressed with what it looked to me like there was some connectivity already and how the how the team was adjusting to some of the defensive expectations.
0: Does Ricky Council jump out, so to speak? Uh, at you as the way that not only th- some of the video has demonstrated, he's a solid, looks like a freaky kind of athlete. That it's been a while. Maybe Michael Qualls comes to mind as a almost freaky athlete. But uh, talk about Ricky Council and the impression he's making. He makes an
1: impression because he is. He does have that the some of those freakish athletic traits that Qualls brought. Um, you know, I think of Dan Gafford. You know, a lot of times tall guys don't get credit because they're already right. close to the rim. Uh, but, but Dan was an insane athlete. When you think about how he could get out of his area and from weird angles and do things, it wasn't just about his size. It was how nimble he was with all that explosiveness. Michael Qualls, a two-legged jumper. You don't see a lot of those guys. And, you know, I, so far counsels in that in that category you know it's hard to say that he's taken it another notch I will say this I saw Michael Qualls over the weekend and talked to him about Ricky Council I interviewed him put it out on Twitter and you know he was here for the Bobby Porter's Foundation event and his old teammate at Argentine Qualls said look I've seen some of the video you know so he he's aware of him and so when you got <laughs> Michael Qualls attention and he's impressed you know you might be in this you know you you know you you might be in his category and uh, you know Qualls was a frequent guy on, on Sports Center Top Ten. Gafford was. Arkansas has had a few guys like that. I think it's more than just Ricky Council, though, Randy. You know, Jordan Wallace. We forget seven three wingspan. He's explosive, big time leaper. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Travon Brazil at six ten, versatile. But he also, uh, once he gets off the ground and plays above the rim, he he's got some unique traits. And there are some Gafford like stuff with him. Now, I'm not saying he's on that level, but. You know, you know Jalen Williams, you know, we got used to small ball and and then the 6'10 guy, the one guy who had size, was really mostly a below-the-rim kind of player. Great player, uh, but I think Arkansas fans, yeah, it's going to be kind of jaw-dropping at times because of not just one guy, but I think several. But, yeah, the, the the guy at the top of the list is Ricky Council, and you always have fun when there's a player like that because it, you want him to do well and be a good player like a Qualls turned out to be, but you, you want to have fun with those those special plays.
0: Let's talk with Savage. Savage, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. it going on, guys? What's up, buddy? You know, if you're only talking, oh, if you're only talking about four games,
1: I wouldn't try out like you. I wouldn't even play Nick Smith. You know, just let him have the experience. Right. You know, don't aggravate it. We need him, for, need him for the season. But, you know, Kevin, as far as it's like a starting lineup, I mean, Davis is pretty much, he's good. I would think he would come off the bench anyway. But give me a starting five for over there when they get, when they get over there. I mean, in. You see Council is you know, would he be that second point guard spot? Well, the, the last part I did after here. He the lineup.
0: Cancel the second guard spot. Can you see Ricky Council?
1: Yeah, yeah I see him more as a wing. And, look, there, here's the problem with the starting lineup over there. Mussman's already talked about, non-specifically, uh, publicly, in these press conferences about guys that didn't make their mile time. Now, Council just made him. So, he, he might be.
0: Yes. You're yeah. good hang on, Kevin. We got to hit a break. Hang on. Stay tuned. All right, that's Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Trey Shep, I'm Randy Rainwater, Drive Time Sports. We'll continue in a moment. <music> Joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Now you were kind of in the uh maybe the latter stages of talking about uh, maybe the starting lineup and. Um... Yeah, I was just actually getting started on that. Mussman
1: said that based on players that haven't met their mile time, their mile test requirement, they have a time set for, you know, for each position has a different requirement. And then also guys that got sent out of practice. So there might be a combination of key things that keep people's you know, people that might have otherwise started, maybe not from starting. And so publicly he didn't go into details on that other than then to say Ricky Council had just made his time, which probably puts him in a place where he can be considered again for a start. But they still had a practice today, another one tomorrow. I mean, you'd hope nobody at this point when about to go overseas is getting kicked out of practice. <laughs> huh. Things can change there. The other thing is he didn't go into anything other than mentioning Council in a positive way, making his time. Who, who some of these guys might be, and he's not going to do that. You know, off the record and behind the scenes, I know some of the stuff that's going on there. But if I talk about who I think is going to start, it gives away maybe who's in the doghouse, and now I'm, 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 and I am I'm don't need to do that. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from who the starters are going to be because even then it would still be somewhat of a guess. But by process of elimination, I think I know, uh, you know. And, and then there's the up-in-the-air up thing with Nick. Nick's a day-one starter. Uh, he'd have to do something to either be injured, which is the case right now, and see if that prevents him from starting or even playing, period. All right, well, Kevin, Uh, let's do this. Let's do this. If you were the head coach, who would you start? (laughs) Well, I mean, the head coach has already put out his criteria for things that may prevent guys from starting. If I'm the head coach and I'm not operating off of that, I'm assuming everybody's doing everything based on my expectations. I've been on the record for a while saying who I would start or who my top seven, eight rotation is. And that's Nick Smith Jr., Anthony Black, Debo Davis, Ricky Council, Trevon Brazil, uh, and um, Makai Mitchell, um, uh, and Jordan Walsh. So that's my top seven. And, you know, I think, to me, Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., and Trevon Brazil are probably going to be as as much of a trio of regular starters as you're going to see. I think there's going to be flexibility in that three spot with Devo Davis, Jordan Walsh, and Ricky Council. When when Melsman wants to play a smaller lineup, you'll see two of those three on the court probably together. Um, so I think that he's got options there. I'm not sure he's going to expand beyond the seven or eight rotation, but I do think he's got more versatility because of the, the added size and length and athleticism.
0: All right, Kevin, uh, this is from our – Asher Record Service Company, live fan feedback. Chubby says, Hoop Scoop, you don't have to list your guess at the seven- to eight-man rotation, but what free-throw percentage do you expect this season from that rotation? Also, describe the game of Jalen Graham, strengths and weaknesses.
1: Good question. Let's start with Jalen Graham, and I'll get to the other part. Uh, Graham, you know, he was a second-team All-Pac-12 last year at at Arizona State, he's a guy that, that has been good defensively, a very active veteran guy, so he's had three years of college. On offense, he's more of a 15-and-feet-in kind of guy. You know, he's got a little array of those. He's not really a stretch-the-floor guy, although I think from some of the shooting drills and some of the things I've seen, they're going to encourage him uh, to, to maybe help them away from the basket with setting screens, dribble handoffs, things like that, because Arkansas does not want to congest the paint, even though they've added some of the size. But his strength, really offensively, is getting in and around the basket. He's got some crafty little spin moves and, and turn, you know, kind of back a guy down and turn left or right. There's some craft there. Not as much face-up shooting. And again, I think defensively, he's a guy that when he learns what's expected in Musselman's system, the terminology, uh, you know, the, the you know, the assignments, things of that nature, that maybe can help him. I'm not sure he's quite where they would where, where they want him just yet. And I think this is the thing about the sport tour, regardless of the quality of competition, guys can still take a step up from what they've seen in practice. So, you know, that's going to happen and we'll see if he's one of those guys. And well, he may get opportunities, if he's one of the guys that's not in the doghouse, that he otherwise might not have gotten right out of the gate. So just going to throw that out there. Don't know that, but just saying that, and then going back to the free throw percentage, there's really no way to know that. What I do know is that Eric Musselman teams get to the free throw line a lot, led the nation last year in takes and makes, uh, and then the, the three years he's been there, they've been, like, top five or six. And then the other part of that is that the transfers he brought in that typically didn't have great percentage of shooting free throws before they got to Arkansas improved. Collectively, they've been good and efficient. So going off of that model, you never know. This is a new group, but it's worked out in the past couple of years. So I think you should have be encouraged by that because I think when you add length, size, and athleticism, you're playing more above the rim. You're probably going to get some calls as teams try to defend that. You know, the more you attack the basket, the more the whistle blows. Uh, And I think that that Arkansas is going to continue to be a team that gets to that free throw line a lot. Now they've just got to convert them. We'll learn more about this team because it's 11 newcomers. We we really don't know until until they do it.
0: Kevin, one name that uh, Coach Musselman talked about, in his press conference that has drawn praise from former players in particular, and that is Barry Dunning, Jr., that guys like Isaiah Joe, Dusty Hannahs, and others have enjoyed playing with in pickup games. Uh, What are you seeing thus far from Barry Dunning, Jr.?
1: Plays hard. They list him at 6'6". He is long and athletic. Uh, and, and he plays a team game, a, a cerebral game. I know when they signed him, they loved him and said he was a great culture fit. And so when you have that kind of confidence, it sounds to me like they, they got enough from him in recruiting him if they see that he's coachable and someone that fits into the way they like to do things. And so that gives him an advantage right there. And then he's got all those physical traits. So You know, if you're coachable and you've got the physical goods, yeah, This as a true freshman with three five-stars in there, you may not be out of the gates a, a rotation guy, but we've seen Mussman tweak his rotations. Even if he stays tight seven eight, sometimes those those people in that rotation change. It's, you know, mid January we can point to it two years in a row. You can never count out a guy like that that's in there working his butt off that brings those physical attributes. I and mean, his length and the way some of the things he does, he feel it feels more like he's a six six eight guy out there rather than six six. And I was pleasantly surprised how good he's been shooting the ball from distance even, but in both practices, because I didn't really see much of that. And what I had seen of him playing in Alabama it was more slashing, getting to the rim, you know, stuff like that. But his three ball has been impressive. So if you're adding that to all the other good stuff we've been talking about, maybe there's, you know, and then I think that the, the versatile, uh, being a versatile defender, he's in that, that size range that most men love because guys that can defend multiple positions. And so if he's, you know, if he's checking those boxes in practice, here's a guy that you never rule out is, is finding a way to get on the court, even as a freshman.
0: I'm a believer that if a kid can shoot the rock, you've got to find a place for him somewhere in the lineup or at least in the rotation. Joe's opinion, all reports are he has been knocking them down.
1: Yeah. Shooting the ball well, he's a good passer. You know, through his career, I always talked about that passing because I saw it over and over again. He's not a guy that's just taking shots and that's all you're getting from him. I think defense is the area where he's where he's got to get it right and, and what what Nussman expects. It's no knock on him. I mean, he's a freshman and he's a guy that had that knee injury. And sometimes when you've had injuries in your lower extremities, it's a little bit harder. Uh, on defense, because you're not proactive, you're really reacting in so many ways.
0: All right, Kevin, we are out of time.